Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, three-time recipient to the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for business ethics and integrity. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Ann Mank, Certified Financial Planner and CPA with the Ellen Becker Investment Group. We are located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 and Capitol Drive in the Town Bank Building, and also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Building across from Winkies. And for our Florida listeners, we are also in the Bonita Springs area as well. If you're interested in learning more about our offices, including a virtual tour of each location, please visit our website at ellenbecker.com. On our website, you can put a face to the name because we have bios and videos for all of our advisors. We also have a listing of all of our current events, plus links to past radio shows. So today we have a treat. I have with me a travel expert. She focuses on travel for women. She's been doing this for many years. Um, her name is Kay Page Ingle. She is a travel entrepreneur, stationary designer, number one best-selling author, and international speaker. She is also the marketing director for Polkadot Powerhouse Worldwide, which is actually how we met. We are both members of that. Page provides guided tours and safe strategies to women at www.parisbypage.com and has traveled to more than 20 countries and 350 cities worldwide. While supporting others as a personal branding strategist, you can find her celebrating the French lifestyle online at Paris by Page. So, Paige, thank you so much for being our guest today. I'm very excited about this. Thank you so much, Anne, for having me. I'm excited, too. You know, traveling is one of my passions, and being able to do that successfully uh, with money is a great segue for us to talk today. So I'm excited to share with your audience. Well, a lot of times when we are meeting with clients, we talk about what are your goals in retirement? What do you want to do? And we do work with a lot of married couples and a lot of single women, and travel comes up all the time. And... What they really do is they say they want to travel, but they have no idea. First of all, they don't have an idea of where to go. Right. Like, where do you go when you are traveling by yourself or traveling as a couple? And when you do travel, how do you make it fit within your budget? Because a lot of times we're working with a fixed budget for individuals. So, you know, if somebody came to you and said, okay, I just want to start traveling. I'm a single woman. I want to experience something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. How does one figure out where to go in the first place? Well, I would be remiss if I did not mention my book, The Ultimate Guide <laughs> to Safe Travel for Women. Uh, it is a book that has safe travel tips for the modern woman. Uh, and really, I would tell them to start off with what exactly is your budget? Where do you want to go? What type of experience do you want to have? Do you want to be a part of a group? Do you want to do things on your own? Do you want it to be a mixture of both? Those are the kind of questions that you want to start with. Do you want to stay domestic? Do you want to go international? Are you a big cruise fan? You know, did you love the love boat as a child <laughs> and decided that you wanted to go on one of the big ships? So it's really about asking those questions. And then not 
only your budget, but how much time do you actually have to travel? If you only have a week's vacation, then Australia, New Zealand is probably <laughs> not the option for you because it takes almost three days to get there. Mm-hmm. So just those types of questions, those initial questions are very, very important. And then you can get into the nitty gritty. And I think a lot of times when people think about travel, it's this big idea that's out there. And when they start asking those questions, that's when they start realizing that it's in, it's within reach. Yes. So I think a lot of people say, oh, it's going to cost too much or it's going to be too difficult. And it really doesn't have to be. Because when you're first figuring out where you want to travel, what are some of the biggest expenses that they would have to think about first? Um, it all depends on what cities that you're going to. Uh, if you're thinking of New York, London, Paris, or Tokyo, it's the hotel that's mm. going to cost you a lot. If you're thinking of some place like you enjoy the outdoors and you want to go to Sedona or Wyoming, it's the transportation or Alaska. It's the transportation that's mm. going to cost you the most and how you're actually going to get there and logistically. Are you going to rent a car? Are you going to be on public transportation? So it really depends on the destination and then you can figure it out. And a lot of times with meals, that can be expensive as well. If you decide that you want to go to a cabin, you can cook all your meals. So you can cut your cost on that. But if you go to a big city like New York or even Las Vegas, you're going to be eating out a lot. (laughs) Or having a lot of granola bars while you're there. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, So I know just knowing you personally that you do focus overseas and in particular Paris, Paris by page. Mm -hmm. How did you get kind of wrapped up in Paris in the first place? Yeah, thank you for asking that question. So I started speaking French when I was five years old. My mother wanted me to learn how to speak it the right way. She had kind of a patois growing up, but wanted me to learn how to do it properly. So I continued on in middle school, because back when I went to school, you know, a thousand years ago, <laughs> you did not get a chance to pick your language as young. So middle school, high school, continued on in college, ended up uh, having an opportunity. I applied to study at the Sorbonne, which is basically the Harvard of Europe, mm-hmm. was accepted and studied at the Sorbonne for a year. And then I went back and lived for three years. Um, so I've just had this fascination with French as well as a competency and skill set uh, to be able to speak it fluently. And I've been going back there ever since I was 19 years old. Oh, my goodness. Not only by myself, but also guiding small groups. So does your mom speak French or she did she just like that culture and that language? Uh, well, they spoke a patois, which my mother is uh, part Creole. Ah, um, okay. She's from down south, so, you know, there was some slang kind of stuff going on. (laughs) Um, But she was always wanted to go to Paris herself, and she, you know, had the foresight and the vision to make that possible for me. So, And so now when you do these guided tours, Mm -hmm. what does that look like? Like, is it... Are you bringing 20 people over there? Is it individual one-on-one? How often do you go? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. Um... My tours, I will do a private guided tour for someone. Let's say that they are just a couple and they want someone to guide their Paris portion. I do that. But I also have tour groups that I take 
that are already arranged groups. And that usually ranges between six to 10 people. My maximum is 12. I like to keep things intimate, like to show people an insider perspective, like this last trip. But you, yeah. you know that I just got back from three weeks in Europe. We did Paris and Florence. We learned how to make French macaroons uh, while we were in Paris. We do things like boulangerie, wine tastings, all of those types of things that are also uh, off the beaten path. But then you see like the must-sees, like the Eiffel Tower and the museums and stuff like that. And so from a money perspective, that might be um, an easier way for an individual to get over there and experience some of those things because it's more of a package they pay for. That is correct. And you do the work for them, Mm -hmm. whereas then they can go back and kind of figure out if there's something a little bit, you know, oh, I loved the French cooking class. I want to do more of that. So it gives them that ability. So that's what I tell my clients a lot of times is if you don't know exactly where you want to start, kind of figure out the city that you like and then take a guided tour. We actually have um, some employees of ours who love going on guided tours and they go by themselves. So they just travel the world doing those tours. We even have Karen Ellenbecker. She hosts a travel every single year. Uh, I think they've decided next year, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say what that is yet. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's always international. But it, once again, it's just a way for people to get their toes wet and to see, you know, what it's like overseas. Um, and then, so I'm, if I'm going overseas and, you know, we were talking before that I haven't been overseas in a while. And that was back when you had your traveler's checks yes. and your, <laughs> you might have a, you know, credit card that you could use over there. But really now, how do people pay for things when they're outside of the country? Yeah. So there's a couple different options. Uh, there's a whole chapter about this in my book. Uh, there's a couple different options that you could do. I like to have a combination. One is a credit card um, because you have that safety and security in case it is lost or stolen a little bit of cash in the local currency. And then there's also a great option, which is the alternative to traveler's checks, which are called travel cards Mm. that are now available through different banking institutions. And basically what that is, is it's basically like a prepaid card. You would put, you know, two, $5,000 on the card, and then you would still have kind of the credit card, MasterCard Visa protection, but it's not directly uh, connected to your bank account. So if it does get lost or stolen, you know, they don't take everything out of your debit, you know, card. Um, So those options are really nice as well. I like for my clients to have a little bit of local currency when they arrive. They can order that from their banks, usually about $100 in the local currency for taxis and tips. Because one of the things that people, and I talk about this um, with when I speak to women's groups at different corporations, is the last thing that you want to have happen is you step off the airplane and they see you go to the ATM. (laughs) Right. Ah, because that's, point. Yeah. That's, that sets you up as a victim because they know that you don't have the local currency. You're getting money. You obviously probably took a fair amount of cash out mm-hmm. um, at that time. And so I always like for people to have a little bit of cash before they go. Also, you want to make sure that you let your banks know that you are traveling internationally. I have actually had a situation where I was in Hong Kong. I never told my bank. It was my very first trip to Asia. I never told my bank I was going to Asia. I get to the hotel to check in and they run my car for incidentals and they shut it down (laughs) because Asia, unfortunately, is one of the hotbeds for fraud. They run cards through there, you know, that kind of thing. So... Make sure your bank knows 
that you're going to be traveling because they will shut you down. <laughs> and and you really don't want to make that, you know, $17 call to your bank. Oh, yeah. To, <laughs> to let them know that you're traveling. So really letting people know where you are. Make sure you make take a picture of your credit cards front and back or at least put the phone numbers in your phone in case they are lost or stolen um, and leave a copy with someone at home. Got it. So that you can have access to that. Those are all really good tips. And I know that is part of the scariness of going overseas is just, you know, how do you handle the money side of things? And so those are some really good tips to think about. So we're going to take a really quick break. um, But when we come back, I also want to address safety for women over there, because knowing we have a lot of female clients and a lot of um, female listeners, I want to make sure that not only do we have the money and the funds necessary when we go over there, but how do we keep ourselves safe as we do this? And knowing that you've just been overseas, a little bit of what are some things that you would recommend people seeing nowadays? What was maybe your favorite thing that you saw while you're over there? So give us some tips and insider knowledge just being over there. Um, And then we'll just kind of wrap it up at the end of just how do we get this into the plan for people and how do we take those first steps? So with that, we will be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. Today, my guest is Kay Page Engel. She is an entrepreneur, a brand specialist, and she's also a number one best-selling author. Her book, The Ultimate Guide to Safe Travel for Women, Safe Travel Tips for the Modern Woman. Feel free to pick it up at Amazon, or if you want a copy, give us a call, and we're happy to provide one for you. So, In our first segment, we talked about just some money tips on things that we're going overseas. What do we need in order to pay for things? But what I really want, because she is really an expert in travel for solo women or women in groups, is how do we stay safe, especially when we go overseas? We see so much on TV about, uh, you know, everything. The world is collapsing. The world is Mm. crazy. You don't want to step outside your door. And just from my experience of being overseas and traveling for work many, many years ago, there's just so much you miss out on if you're not traveling and you're not experiencing the other cultures that are out there. So what are basic safety tips for a woman who is overseas in today's day and age? So I feel as if my tips work both domestically and internationally. Internationally, a lot of people travel for vacation, but you and I both know tons of women who have to travel for work right here in the United States. And I feel as if the tips that I'm going to share with you uh, translate whether you're here locally in the United States or if you're abroad. The first thing is awareness. You always want to be aware of your surroundings, what uh, location your hotel is in. It should either be in a location that is close to where you're going to work or close to the sightseeing. The last thing you want to have is you having to go home at 11 o'clock at mm. night all the way across the city that you don't know and you're not aware of your surroundings. So being aware of your surroundings is the first thing. The second thing is your hotel choice. 
I tend to like to stay at more higher end hotels because I am a woman traveling alone. I also use my initials when I check into a hotel. So no one knows if I'm a woman or a man. That would be KP. Hmm. Um, I also tend to pay a little bit more for the concierge floor at hotels. Most major chains like Hilton, Radisson, Sheraton, they all have a concierge floor, uh, especially for business travelers. What that is, is it's usually a room that... You have a location of a room that you need an extra key to get to that room. So that gives you an extra layer of security as well as a turndown service. So if the maid sees that you haven't returned back to your room in two days, they're probably going to ask additional questions Mm -hmm. as to where you are. So making sure that you pick a really good hotel. I also like hotels with Wi-Fi, air conditioning, and great pillows. (laughs) Oh, I love those big fluffy blankets. I'm with you. (laughs) So there's that. The other thing with uh, traveling and staying safe is technology. You know, we always kind of like rant and rave about, oh, this cell phone is with me all the time. But being able to have contact with either your office or your family back at home is very, very critical, especially if you are a sales professional and you're going into, uh, you know, different offices and driving around in different Mm -hmm. neighborhoods that you're not aware of. Having a touch base with your home office or even your family is very important. And having cell phones and, you know, FaceTime and all of those types of options to use is critical. Mm -hmm. And nowadays, especially on your phone, you can have, I know if you have an iPhone um, or some of the apps that are on Samsung, like people can track, track where you, you are. Yeah. I know my brother has been overseas and I'm like, oh, there he is in the middle of the yes. mountains. I can still find him and know where he is. Um, so I think that using that technology is very important and having those check-ins as well. Um, yeah, and that's just good advice no matter what, because I know pro- one of my prior uh, positions, I would have to be out in the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's in the Milwaukee area. It wasn't necessarily, you know, anywhere where I would feel afraid. But I was also a single woman in a neighborhood where I could be in there for an hour or two and um, might be going, you know, meeting strangers along the way. And so just having that, you know, I'd tell my husband I'm leaving at this time and I'm coming back at this time, letting him see where I am by my phone. So no matter where you are, it's just important to understand your surroundings and then also having those checkpoints so it doesn't go, you know, two days and nobody's seen that's or right. heard from you. That's right. <laughs> and my biggest, biggest tip that's most affordable to everyone is to go to your local hardware store and get a $5 rubber doorstop and put it in your door the opposite way. It will deter someone from getting in, or at least you can hear them trying to struggle to get into the door. And it costs you $5 and it can save your life. Ah, I never even thought of doing that. <laughs> That's why I'm here. I know. That's why you write the book, right? (laughs) Um, And when you're also talking about uh, safe travel, I saw there are some things in in your book about self-defense as as well. So, you know, from a self-defense perspective, do you have any tips or tricks on that as well? You know, I would, uh, I always recommend for people, especially young women, to go ahead and look into their local community, their local park and rec, and see if there's a self-defense class that they can take. There are many, you know, certified programs out there that just give you that little extra edge so that you can walk with confidence mm-hmm. when you're walking down the street. Always make sure you look like you know where you're going, even if you don't know where <laughs> you're going. Um Just have some confidence about yourself. Be aware of your surroundings and be ready. I mean, you know, sometimes it's 
there are tons of situations that have not been reported from hotels mm-hmm. and other places of assaults and attacks because it would definitely not assist them in their marketing. So they aren't reporting all of these. I know of a situation where um, a young lady checked into a hotel. Her husband actually had checked into the hotel as well. She was standing at the desk. Someone came up. He went out to the car. She texted him what the room number was. He was able to get back into the room Someone that was standing at the hotel lobby, she thought it was maybe another guest that was checking out because he was very professionally dressed, you know, shirt, tie, pants. Mm-hmm. He heard what her room was, her room number, when they said, you know, ma'am, and you are in room 412. So he heard that. He came to the door, not knowing that her husband was already in the room. He came to the door, knocked on the door and said, ma'am, you forgot this at the front desk. What does she do? She opens the door. He barges in, ready to attack her. Luckily, her husband was in the room. They held him down, called the you know security and the police. But had her husband not been there, yeah. and she thought he was someone, you know, she had seen him down at the hotel lobby, but in, in reality, he was a predator. Um, so if anytime someone at the front desk says what your room number is, ask for a different room number. If they say it out loud, uh. that, I mean, that is for your security. I mean, I was fortuitous fortuitous for me, unfortunate for her. My book actually came out when Erin Andrews won her milestone lawsuit mm-hmm. against the person that had been following her and stalking her from hotel chain to hotel chain. Um, you just never know. So you want to make sure that you're always safe and keeping your information confidential. Even if you are in a new city and you're meeting someone for lunch, that's a colleague. Tell them you'll meet them in the lobby. Mm. Don't, you know, because you just never yep. know. Right. And it's also good. I think what you had said before about confidence. It's, yes. You know, even if you don't feel confident walking with your head high, looking people in the eye as you're in the lobby. Because I know a lot of times, especially when you're traveling, it's like, oh, where's my map? Where's my information? Yes. And you have your head down the whole time and you're not paying attention to your surroundings. But I think just that sense of confidence helps along the way. Um, you had mentioned that purchasing the rubber sho- uh, doorstop, doorstop mm-hmm. would be some good advice. Yes. What else could somebody either buy or make or purchase to kind of keep either their information safe or them safe as they're traveling either domestically or internationally? So internationally, I always love a uh, money belt. Um, there are, you know, the money belts come in a variety of different ways. There are things that you could clip to your undergarments. Uh, there's a necklace, there's, you know, all of your important information, uh, credit cards, passports, visas, all of those things should be held on your person. Mm. Some people like to put them into the hotel safe. You know, that is completely your discretion, but I carry my documentation on me at all times. Uh, other foreign countries ask for documentation second to oh. bringing you in, right? They don't <laughs> ask for ID. They act and then they ask questions. Uh, yeah. So you'll yep. want to make sure that you have all of your documentation. I even have recommend to my clients to take a copy of your, take a picture of your passport and email it to yourself. Oh, yeah. I would never even think of doing that. Email it to yourself in your, you know, in your secure email, um, because if it does get lost or stolen, at least you would have a copy that you yep. would be able to get to anywhere there's the World Wide Web right. um, <laughs> to be able to, to capture that. So money belt is important. Doorstop is important, as well as I always tell people to have a little notebook. 
Okay. And the little notebook would, is where you will write down all the addresses and names of your hotel, uh, right? In yep. case you're in a foreign country where you don't speak the language, you can just show that to the taxi driver or the Uber driver. Um, and also you can put any other kind of phone numbers that you need in a little notebook. You can find that at the dollar store and then you'll have all your information right there with you. Well, and to kind of piggyback off that, it's probably important to understand or know how to contact security or police uh, the in police, whatever yep. country you're in. Because I had never thought of, of that. But if something is happening to you, you probably have your phone with you. Maybe not much else. Right. And I would be, you know, if I'm in the streets of Paris, I'd have no idea who to contact or how to contact. So, so doing some of that footwork beforehand. And writing down how to say help in the oh. foreign language. <laughs> Yes, that would <laughs> that right. would be a good yes, one. Yes, those key phrases. I know that I have some friends when they go overseas, they get one of the translator apps on yes. their phone for reasons like that. If they ever need to get help and, you know, they're just in the streets, how do you tell somebody that you need right. help other than the panic look on your face? But other than that, um, how do you bridge that communication? Or if you have to go to the doctor for some reason, right. how do you communicate that as well? Um, do you recommend uh, additional insurance when people travel? Absolutely. <laughs> I am a huge fan of travel insurance. Um, it, when people are either doing independent travel, they should get travel insurance. When they are working with a travel agent, they should definitely get travel insurance. Mm -hmm. If your travel agent is not, you know, suggesting travel insurance for you, get a different agent. And there are different, you know, types of policies. Okay. There are catastrophic policies that will, you know, bring your remains back home. But there's also policies out there that if your flight gets delayed or your luggage gets lost. Some people think that they have a adequate coverage with their credit cards. Maybe not always the case. Mm -hmm. So I would always look into some sort of supplemental uh, travel insurance, especially if you are doing like a 20 day Yangtze yeah. on the you know River China <laughs> cruise. Make sure you're protecting your investment um, and it's a nominal cost mm -hmm. for the type of coverage that you could get. So that's always a question you should ask either your airline when you're booking your tickets or your travel agent, or if you're booking it on your own, definitely look for some travel insurance options. Um, on my website, I do have a, a resource page that has a couple of options on there, but your travel agent, if you are using an agent, uh, could definitely provide you with some options. Perfect. And what's the name of your website again? Uh, Paris by Page, and that's P-A-I-G-E.com. Got it. Well, we're going to take a really quick break, but when we come back, I want to hear all about your recent travel. Okay. So we'll talk about that. And welcome back to Money Sense. My guest today is Kay Page Ingle. She is many things, but one of the things that she is is an author of a number one best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Safe Travel for Women, Safe Travel Tips for the Modern Woman. So we were talking about money, things to think about when we're traveling, tips to stay safe. And now what I want to do is hear all about your most recent trip. So you do guided tours, so you go overseas quite a bit to either scope out new locations or to help other individuals experience yes. some of the wonderful places overseas. So 
where did you go on your last adventure? Um, my last adventure, I literally just got back about 10 days ago. And my last adventure was a three weeks uh, in France and Italy. So we started our trip in Mont Saint. Well, started in Paris, and then we went up to Mont Saint Michel, which is in Normandy on the English Channel, which was phenomenal. It had been about 20 years since 25 years since I had been there. Uh, so many things had changed, but so many things had stayed the same as well. Uh, so that was fabulous. The weather was gorgeous on the coast, and that is the area where the D-Day beaches are. So it's you know very historic. Um, just so touching in so many different ways. And then we went back down to Paris and hung out uh, in Paris for about 10 more days wow. and uh, wine tastings and Eiffel Tower and cruises on the Seine. Um, got to see uh, some of the reconstruction that's going on oh, for wow, Notre yeah. Dame. Uh, because we actually stay in an area that's very, very close to Notre Dame. But, you know, it was just lovely to be back there. You know, I'm there several times a year and it never gets old for me. Uh, Paris is such an enchanting city. It's actually 20 little cities. Uh, each little neighborhood, arrondissement, has its own little flavor. Then we went on to Florence uh, in Italy. We flew to Florence, which is a super quick hour and 20 minute flight. Uh, so that was great. And Florence is such a manageable and walkable city. Everything's within maybe 15 minutes of each other with all the major sites, seeing the Uffizi and David by Michelangelo and all those kinds of things. And then we went on to the Cinque Terre, uh, which is a national park along the coast, which was a amazing. I saw those pictures. I was like, oh yeah. my goodness, where are you? <laughs> where are you? Yeah, it was definitely uh, um, amazing. Lots of people are doing uh, those types of tours. What's great about the tours that I do, as well as other people, you can even do a cruise and see a lot mm. of these places. And they have day stops in a lot of the European cities. Uh, so, you know, there's so many options. You can either do it by land, by air, or by sea, <laughs> um, to be able to go to some of those places. So I know you've been to Paris a yes. gazillion times. Yes. So I'm assuming every time you go, you try something new or yes. you do something different. So on this trip, what was uh -huh. that new thing or that, you know, that place you've never been to before and you've experience for the first time so we actually went on the recommendation of our concierge at the hotel uh who you know friends with me yeah. <laughs> um, uh, a new restaurant which was more of a piano bar slash restaurant uh au salut is what it's called and it's in the fifth arrondissement near the uh pantheon it was amazing the risotto, I've never <laughs> tasted risotto like that in my entire life. And there was um, a pianist there, and then he also played the guitar. I mean, there was just, it was just fabulous. It was just great. Was it a newer place or was it? No, been it has been around since like the 1800s. Oh. And I had never been there. So those are the kind of things that I love to find new yep. gems like that. So, I mean, it was just fabulous. I mean, I'll go there every time now. <laughs> And so what's the one thing then that you always have to do every time you go? So the one thing that I always have to do every time I go is go to my favorite restaurant, which is called Le Percadin. And um, I always do that. And I took the guests there, uh, my clients this time, and they were like, oh, my gosh, Paige, you really know where to eat. <laughs> so that's one of the things that I, I love, really good food and really good yeah. atmosphere. So I always have to do that. And then the second thing I always have to do is go to the Luxembourg Gardens, oh. um, which is it bordered 
borders the fifth and the sixth arrondissement in Paris. And it's just a place because it was my refuge when I was at school there and I would go there and study and, and just, you know, read and that kind of stuff. So it just, you know, really took me back to yeah. such great times and that there I also have like a little scavenger hunt for anyone. If anyone ever does go to Paris and they do go to the Luxembourg Gardens, look for the Statue of Liberty. There's a replica of the Statue of Liberty in uh, the Luxembourg Gardens. So let me book my flight right now. There we go. (laughs) Now they have two great places to eat (laughs) and have a scavenger hunt. Very (laughs) very much so. So had you, uh, then your next part of the trip was going over to Florence. Had you been to that city before? Actually, Florence was my number one city in the world. And Paris was number two. No way. Yes. Yes way. And here's why. (laughs) Most of the things that I love about Paris and I love about France comes from uh, the Medici family, which is the Renaissance, you know, royal family of Italy. And they brought those things like the castles and all that kind of stuff to France. So the core of what I love about French and the French culture and architecture, the Renaissance, that particular period comes from Italy. Ah. So Florence is like, was my number one. You know, it's a toss-up between Paris and Florence, so I think I'm back to Paris now, but there we go. Was that the first time that you put both of them together, or had you just always done them separately when you would visit? Um, I had always done them separately when oh. I visit. Well, that's a nice blend, then, yeah. if you could just go from one part and see how it was affected yes. by the other part. Yes. So now great. I want to hear about this other stop that you had, because the pictures we're just breathtaking being on the coast there. Oh, and you know, Italy has so many coasts. I mean, there's the Amalfi Coast, which is kind of down by the south. We were kind of in the middle of the country. Um, and then, you know, on the other side, there's Venice. That's a coast. I mean, it was just incredible. I mean, the views were breathtaking. Now, I will say they weren't that easy to get to. <laughs> um, if you are afraid of heights. Um, oh, yeah, I'm not afraid of heights, but I became afraid of heights oh. at one point um, during this trip. Luckily, my travel partner uh, was, she's the adventurous one. Like, yep. she's the one that goes bungee jumping off of things in New Zealand. Um, so she was able to hold my hand in a couple of spots because the railing to me was not on the right side. It should, <laughs> <laughs> I was holding on to the, like, cliff. Uh, but the the views were breathtaking. The beaches were amazing. The food was great. Um, what's nice about the Cinque Terre is that there is a train system that runs. You can buy a, a all-day pass and get on and off the train and go to the different five towns. Um, it was just great. It was just you know, they had their markets. If you go there on the weekends, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just fabulous. And it, 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 well, it sounds amazing. And it's, it's not as overwhelming or as um, difficult as it might seem. Because uh, really, it's a plane ride. Right. And then if you're prepared f- for what to expect, you know, you know, people know where you are, you know how to have the right currency and the right ways to pay for things, then it's really just the same as going on an adventure in a domestic city as it is in a foreign city. Um, But I know you do a lot of different 
trip. So where's the next trip? Are you going back to Paris or are you trying something new? So I will always go back to Paris and it's usually one or two trips, two or three trips, three or four. No, it's usually uh, <laughs> once most, a month. That's right. Multiple <laughs> trips always back to Paris. But one of the things we're excited about for 2020 is that we're going to be doing a compa- uh, combined Paris London trip. Oh, so that's going to be super fun. And that's super easy. I mean, we you can take the Eurostar mm-hmm. from city center to city center in like two hours and 30 minutes. Yep. So it's going to be great. It's going to be really, it's going to be fun. Um, I love London. And of course, everyone knows I love Paris. Right. Um, and I'm going to be partnering up with another uh, travel agent and traveler. So it's going to be awesome. Ah, that does sound amazing. And that's in October of 2020. October 2020. Yes. So anybody that's listening that's interested, you can save up. You have plenty of time yes. to save up. Um, but, you know, just listening to you, I do think that if travel bugs are part of your personality, it is so worth it to find a way to do it. Um, and I know there's multiple ways of, of doing that. But what I want to talk about in our next segment is how can we really figure that out for individuals? How can we make sure that if it is in their dream, what are some simple ways that we can either get it into their goals or they can start planning for it now, or maybe some creative ways to get overseas as well. So um, with that, we will be right back. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm your host, Ann Mank, Certified Financial Planner and CPA with Ellen Becker Investment Group. And today I have travel expert Kay Page Ingle with us, and she has her number one best-selling book, Safe Travel for Women. And what I really want to wrap this up with is we've talked about how great it is to go overseas and how travel, either domestically or internationally, is is definitely worth the effort and the time to do that. Um, But a lot of times when I talk to clients about travel, it's always, well, it's too expensive. Or Mm -hmm. we just kind of throw a number on the wall saying, oh, well, I need this much in order to do that. But we never look at the details on that. And so what are some creative ways that people can get overseas? The one thing that just comes to mind for me was when I was first starting out, I looked for a job that had an international division to it. And so I got to travel the world on the company dime because I was going over there to do work from time to time. But there's other creative ways that retirees or people that are in the workforce can use to get over there. So do you have any that you can think of? So, you know, we always tend to think of travel recreationally, right? Like either a tour or an independent travel, uh, Those are basically the standard ways. But other ways that you can get abroad are mission trips um, through your local church or religious organization. There's also study abroad trips Mm. um, as well as work abroad trips. There's a segment for that. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So there are lots of different creative ways that you could get there. Uh, There's also trips that do more um, philanthropy, like Pencils of Promise or Operation Smile, where they Mm -hmm. travel. Like if you have a particular skill set that would benefit uh, the organization, you can find ways to get abroad that way. And I think doing it that way, too, I mean, you're really immersed in the culture at that point. You get to see where people live. You get to see how they eat and sleep and work 
during the day. And I think that is uh, priceless. I mean, there's just no way to put a dollar sign on something like that where you actually get to experience how other cultures live day to day. Um, So if somebody said, you know, I want to travel overseas. Yes. I want to, you know, maybe go to Paris or London. What are, you know, I know there's, there's big ranges that that could cost. But a lot of times what we do is we like, just from planning purposes, we say, well, that's going to cost 5000 or 10000 Yes. Is that a good range to be using for traveling, especially if you are traveling with a group or a tour group? overseas, like what should I be earmarking for my clients? Yeah. So I would say it all depends on what they are used to and Mm -hmm. their lifestyle. Okay. Okay. That would be the very, very first thing. Like I, myself, I am a woman, you know, in my mid forties. I did not backpack when I was in my twenties. I'm sure as heck not going to backpack now, (laughs) Uh, but there are people who love that type of adventure backpacking. So that's a totally different, you know, financial bucket than someone who is used to five, six, even luxury accommodations. Mm -hmm. So when you know what their lifestyle is and what their expectations are, that is when you can really, really pinpoint what, the financial cost is going to be. And that's a good point because that's kind of what we do when we're retirement planning anyways is, okay, well, what do you do right now? Right. What services do you use? Where do you travel now? Because what we find is when people are going from work to retirement, they're still the same person. Yes. So it sounds like it's the same thing. It's like you're not going to all of a sudden become an overnight outdoorsy nature camper going overseas if you don't do that at home. Right. Exactly. And and it all also the other thing that's really important is to think about what their interests are. Mm -hmm. If someone is a foodie, then they will spend a hundred or two hundred dollars a plate for food. Yeah. At a particular restaurant. So you have to be able to budget for that. But if someone is into art and museums, that is where the most of their cost and their spending is Mm -hmm. going to be. And some people are just like, I love food. I don't care where I sleep. Right. <laughs> yep. That's so, that they're willing to give one in order to right. have. They're willing to sacrifice one for the other. Mm-hmm. The other thing is think about time, what your time commitment is okay. for vacation. Yeah. Like I said before, if you only have a week, you are probably not going to go as far as you as Asia or the South Pacific. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you can't do a great trip to the Caribbean, Mm -hmm. right, for a week-long trip. So it's based on time, it's based on budget, and it's based on interest. And a lot of times, too, what I think is important is that people find someone that they trust to help them with this. So I hear a lot of times that individuals are like, I'm just going to do it myself, I'm just going to pay for it myself. But like you were mentioning, if you're in the wrong part of town, or if you don't know how close things are, and you don't know travel, if you don't have the right insurance to protect yourself, and that's what a travel agent or someone who will put this together will do for you. And granted, you could either work with the individual and make it very specific to you, yes, or you can do tours. But I think that's an important part that people tend to overlook because they think it's going to cost them more. Right. It is not going to cost them more to use a travel agent. I myself am not a travel agent. I'm considered a tour operator, um, kind of like uh, Rick Steves, but cooler. (laughs) Way cooler. Uh, Way cooler. Uh, So, but working with a travel agent is not going to cost you more. The travel agent gets their uh, 
fees and their, you know, their commissions from the actual companies, like the airlines and the hotels and the, and the people like me, the tour operators mm-hmm. who want them to sell our services. So it is not going to cost you more. And it's important to have someone who is knowledgeable, mm-hmm. right? You know, there are different, some travel agents specialize in Disney, some in family, some in, you know, heritage tours are huge, is a huge trend right now mm-hmm. um, of people going back to Italy or Ireland or, you know, Mexico or whatever uh, to learn about their roots after they've done the genealogy reports, right? So it's important to make sure you're having conversations with people who are knowledgeable about the destination, about travel in general, and about staying safe. I mean, I pride myself on, I do do small groups, but I also provide resources for the independent travelers. I have lots of followers who are younger, who just want to know where to go get the best blowout in Paris, right? (laughs) So that's a hairstyle. And that is a hairstyle. (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh, That is a hairstyle. So, you know, it just depends on what you're interested in and um, who you actually have a relationship with. And I would say if you're thinking about traveling somewhere, ask your friends and families or people within Mm -hmm. your professional network. Hey, has anyone been to Paris? What's your favorite restaurant? Or has anyone been to Boston? Where should I get the best lobster roll? You never know who has extra information for you. And that's a good point because a lot of times you can see on Groupon, oh, I'll just go buy this Groupon package because it's really inexpensive. Yes. But you don't know who you're going to be traveling with, especially if you're on a tour. That tour guides with you or should be with you, guiding you along the way. And then just having the right travel agent to hold your hand like if your plane gets delayed if your hotel room isn't there you know right sorry I don't have a reservation yeah (laughs) that's what they're there for and and it's not an extra expense it is part of what they do and they love to do it and um, I know personally every time I've used a travel agent it just it takes that stress off yes and you know there's somebody there to protect you or know how to navigate things if things go awry which is really where if you're going to spend money on a vacation unexpectedly, it's because your flight was delayed or you, like I almost did, get hit by a car when you're overseas. It's mm-hmm. like those things happen and you just want somebody who is knowledgeable and can kind of guide you through. So if people want some more information on you, some more tips, tricks, you know, just information on how to travel overseas, where can they find you? So uh, the easiest way to find me uh, would be Paris by page, www.parisbypage.com, or they can actually just Google me and um, a whole slew of things will come up uh, from videos on safe travel tips to videos on Paris and uh, my books and all sorts of things. So I would love for people to stop by. They can definitely follow me on Instagram. That's where I spend the most of my time, uh, at Paris by Page. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate oh, all these travel you. tips and, and information. Um, it's really been helpful because we get this a lot when we're working with our clients of, I want to travel and, and people just don't know where to start. So thank you. We appreciate that. I so appreciate you having me today. Anytime. Welcome back anytime. Hey. Now, don't forget, Money Sense airs Saturday from 2 o'clock to 3 o'clock and Sunday, 12 to 1. As always, we hope that we have made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Thank you to all our clients who are listening. I know you have a lot of choices, so we appreciate the opportunity to serve you. Annette Ellen Becker, before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Visit us at ellenbecker.com for more information and have a great rest of your day.